Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is talking with our special guest, Wendy Farone, about what being Lutheran is like on the other half of the country. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves today. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. And I'm Wendy Farone from Bethlehem Lutheran Church, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Woo-hoo! Excellent. <laughs> this is such an exciting day. It is a very exciting day. <laughs> okay, so we should explain. Wendy has been listening to our podcast for potentially all 200 episodes. I believe I've listened to every one. Yes. Oh, man. I'm yes. both proud and sorry for you at the same time. <laughs> You've got a lot of miles in my car. (laughs) What an honor to be alongside of you. Thank you. And Wendy is here in the Portland area for a conference. And so we are sneaking in the middle of the day an opportunity to come up to our little recording studio and do a little podcasting together from across the coasts. So exciting. The conference I'm at is the International Dyslexia Association. And I work for the Bureau of Special Education in the state of Pennsylvania. Oh, awesome. And I am a reading expert. I'm also a national trainer of reading research across the state, across the nation. And so I just took advantage of being in this place to be with these beautiful people oh. because I feel like I know you. <laughs> and and I watch your live streams and listen to your podcast. So what a pleasure to be here. Put a voice and a face together. Excellent. And there are several times where Wendy has sent us key questions. Yes, that we we've have... answered many of her questions in some of our podcasts, so thank you. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. <laughs> with this many episodes in, it's hard to come up with content, so Wendy has been a gift to have along the journey with us. Thank so you. welcome to our little room. I love it. Thank you so much. All right, I want to start by asking, what is your Lutheran background? Because neither of us grew up as Lutheran, uh-huh. and did you? Actually, I was born and raised Lutheran, ELCA Lutheran, although at the time I didn't know there was such a thing. I guess there wasn't. Was there? There may not have been an ALC or something Depending on how old you are. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not going to ask you. No, you can. I'm (laughs) old. But my ancestry is German Lutheran. So we were raised Lutheran, except it was one of those deals where uh, mom and dad dropped us off at the front door and said, let us know when Sunday school's over. (laughs) And so that was just fine for many years. I got married in that church back in Warren, Pennsylvania, and I got married there. My kids were baptized there. And then I kind of went into a blue period where mm-hmm. I didn't go to church at all. I moved to Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. couldn't find a church. There were mega churches, and there were churches that were just very, very tiny. And I walked into Bethlehem, and I knew I was home. I'm, oh. The Spirit is absolutely there. And so when I walked in, I was telling my pastor, it smelled like my church growing up. <laughs> That's so real. It is so it real. It smelled like Jesus. It, <laughs> that's what he smells like. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, born and raised Lutheran, didn't pay much attention to it until about three years ago, and now I can't get enough. That is so awesome. Now, the thing that Wendy and I have in common is that we both are from PA. Mm-hmm. So I have family roots all over the place, but I did my school years from like fourth grade through the end of undergraduate, all in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was in central Pennsylvania. Yes. Wendy's over on the west side of Mm. Pennsylvania. My sister was in Pittsburgh for several years. Yes. I can tell that you're from Pennsylvania because you say you're from PA. Yes. (laughs) You can't say say I'm from OR. I'm from OR. You never say that. No. No, but we're from Mm -hmm. PA. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah. So other than language pieces, what are some of the pieces that make up differences between what you have experienced in the Lutheran Church in PA and Mm -hmm. then what you have picked up either from listening to us or watching our services live streamed? What are some of those differences? The differences, I'm in suburban, um, Mm -hmm. right outside about 15 minutes Glenshaw, actually, but nobody knows where Glenshaw is. Okay. So we always say we're from Pittsburgh because we're the suburbs of Pittsburgh. My sister was in Apollo. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's even more rural. There I, you go. I get you. But the difference, I guess, is that we have a thousand people in our membership, but wow. we worship about 250. Okay. And we have three services. Okay. And I'm noticing that you have a lot of activism out here, yeah. not so much where we are. Oh, interesting. Mm hmm. Okay, so that kind of action on social topics, correct? social concerns, those kinds of pieces are, yeah, that makes sense. But we are extremely involved in the community. We support a men's shelter by offering meals down there often. We have what's called Glade Run, which is an organization that supports youth that are having some concerns. I've done this for the last couple of years. We go to Appalachia. Uh Uh-huh the Appalachia Service Project, and we go and help make houses more livable and dry and safe for people. Sure. So we go down there for a week, and we do a lot with people who can't get out, and we just do a lot. There's a ton of stuff we do. That's beautiful. Housing is a huge concern for us out in this part of the world, especially in this city. What kind of things are you dealing with back in Pittsburgh? We have issues as well. Not as prevalent as I see as I'm walking around Portland. Oh, yes. It's very obvious. Yeah, it it really is. It it makes me sad. But you're not alone. Yeah, I'm sure. But we have in our congregation, we have something called New Start Furniture Ministry, where folks can come and say that we need a microwave. We don't have a couch. My kids need beds and dressers. And Barb and Larry Nugent, who head that project, load up trucks with other members of our congregation, deliver them. To people free of charge just by God's grace. People bring in materials and they go back out. We warehouse them and then they go right back out. Wow. Wow. Where do you warehouse them? We rent spaces in garages and we rent spaces in a storage unit. Wow. That's Uh awesome. Yeah. What a cool idea. There are so many great ideas. I think it's neat to listen how the Spirit is moving different congregations yes. in their areas to meet the needs of communities. We've been partnering for decades with feeding ministries for our mm-hmm. houseless population here in the area and those kinds of pieces. Yeah. What a great creative use of moving furniture around and helping people get into a new home. That's really cool. Yes. Yeah, yes. you kind of, I don't want to say you get stuck, but... When you can get stories of other people doing other things, it sparks new ideas mm-hmm. and new possibilities totally. for things that you kind of forgot were necessary and well, needed. Sure. So I mentor 10 women. And so in that mentoring, they've moved from one place to another, and they're under very difficult situations, many of them. And they don't have beds for their kids. Mm. So I've called the New Start and they've said, we'll be out there this afternoon or this weekend. Oh, that's lovely. And they bring that's them awesome. mattresses and beds and dressers. And yeah, it's really wonderful. That's really cool. Yeah. Really cool. These are the conversations that it would be interesting to remember or somehow spark when we're sitting at the congregational meetings trying to figure out what do we want to do? What is our interest in the world? How do we want to help? And even with the popcorn ideas, you miss things. 
Totally. Mm-hmm. I think it's easy to get stuck in our, you know, well, we're going to give Thanksgiving baskets because that's what we've done for 25 years, mm-hmm. right? Like it's really yeah. easy to get stuck in our own rut. And what a joy to get to collaborate across coast. Sure. So and what if ideas. they don't have a table to put the dinner on? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. folks oftentimes when they are moving from one place to another or they've come out of a shelter uh-huh. and they finally get a place to live, they have no furniture. Sure thing. We forget about that. Yeah. So that takes care of that need. How cool. So can I ask you a question? Absolutely. Go for so it. So I was born and raised Lutheran. I don't understand how one who isn't born and raised Lutheran becomes Lutheran. <laughs> <laughs> how did you do that? Who wants to go first? You have a far more interesting story than <laughs> oh, I do. You go. You okay. Go. Well, mine is as mundane as I married a Lutheran. Oh, good for you. Exactly. I'd grown up Catholic. And by the time I'd gotten to the college age, it was, well, okay, honestly, before I got to college age, it was not the religion that I was really interested in. Uh There were things about it I was questioning. Mm -hmm. So when the opportunity came and I learned a little more about what it was to be Lutheran, I was all in. I had no problems. My father, however, was incredibly sad about the decision, Uh but... That's it. I married in. And I married in hardcore lifelong Lutherans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Generational. Yes. Multi-generational. Yeah. I, God was a jerk. <laughs> God got a hold of me. Uh-huh. My family is originally from the South and very different denominational background. And my parents both kind of left the church when they left home. Hmm. So when we were in Pennsylvania, we didn't attend any churches Off and on, I would be invited to attend church with different people. There was a Baptist church in my hometown that some friends took me to, I think, one Sunday school class where I learned the Lord's Prayer. Ah. And so that was the only time I've ever been to Sunday school, which makes teaching Sunday school real interesting. Yeah. I didn't grow Um, up with Sunday school either. And I would go with other friends to theirs, and I would be like, wow, you get coloring sheets? This is kind of fabulous. (laughs) Nice. So then I was invited to a friend's confirmation. And she ended up being Lutheran. She was a Lutheran being confirmed. And that was the year after my senior year of high school. And she was being confirmed that summer. And they invited me along. And the preacher, he did a brilliant job. He spoke to his people. And he knew his congregation. It was this teeny tiny little Lutheran church, ELCA, out in the, you know, Danville's a very small town. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's a big town for Pennsylvania. And this is outside of town. So it was small. And then I went, I ended up attending Susquehanna University. So Susquehanna University is one of our ELCA universities. Oh, okay. I attended there because they had a really good multi-language program. They had a beautiful campus that I had competed at for speech competitions in high school. And they had a really good theater program. Mm. And they gave me a lot of money in scholarship. Like they had That'll a do lot it. of That will totally do That'll it. Do it. <laughs> and with a single mom at the time who was That's a true. social worker caregiver, huh. financial aid was everything. So I ended up attending Susquehanna University. Huh. And through another series of crazy God being hilarious and wonderful and a jerk and all of the wonderful things all in one, I found myself at the baptismal font Mm. on campus there Wow! and joined a congregation back in Danville, kind of, sort of, but my home, to my heart, was Susquehanna University's chapel group. Sure. And then a year and a half later, I was off to seminary. That is so bizarre. So, yeah, it was quick. And I didn't even look at Gettysburg Seminary. I just looked at Pacific Lutheran Theological Mm -hmm. Seminary. It was the only one I looked at. Yeah. And why is that? 
I was actually looking to do marriage and family therapy. Okay. And I was looking to do drama therapy as a focus. Sure. And there were only two schools in the United States that had drama therapy programs at the time. One was in New York City, which I never liked New York City, which is ironic as a theater kid. Sure. <laughs> and the other was in San Francisco. Wow. And so I looked at the school in San Francisco and I thought, well, if they won't accept me, then maybe the seminary across the bay would take me. I could get a degree in pastoral care and counseling and then reapply for my marriage and family therapist license. And I got to the bay for a visit and the school in San Francisco was terrible. (laughs) And I walked onto PLTS's campus and I was home. Like everything just felt exactly where I was supposed to be. It smelled like the campus you were supposed to be on, just like my church. It smelled like Jesus. (laughs) I wouldn't have been able to say that at the time, but it did. And there it was. And the Holy Uh, Spirit called me in. And and then I went for a Master's of Theological Studies degree. And by November, I was beginning candidacy and transferring to the Masters of Divinity program. I guess you're supposed to be here. I guess so. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've been on the West Coast ever since. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so you found a church home in Pennsylvania. Yes. You started listening to our podcast. How did you find our podcast? All right, yeah. so this is what I refer to as a God shot. It's a little shot of God. He <laughs> seems to pop up all over the place. When you are looking for it, he's everywhere. So I had decided to go to church, right? And actually, Bible study became intriguing to me. And I thought, I'm going to have to do this on my own. And I mean, I, I needed to know more than just what I was getting out of worship service. So we have a sponsorship in our church where when you're a new member, you're given a sponsor. Sure. And that mm-hmm. sponsor walks you through. Is that the same year? We don't have that program officially up right now, but okay. totally familiar with it. Excellent. So my sponsor, Judy Sparlin, said to me, you know, you ought to go to Wednesday night Bible study. Pastor Dan does it. Pastor Dan Smale is our senior pastor, and we just brought on a new associate pastor, awesome. uh, Ellen Lundy, Pastor Ellen, and she's fantastic. So I'm listening to your podcast, and I'm thinking, that is the most amazing thing. But how did you find us? I think I just Googled ELCA Lutheran Podcast, and you <laughs> nice. popped up. We never know. know. We never know. We get no feedback. To this that... day, we have no idea who's listening, how sure. much, and why. Yes, I know. <laughs> So I listened a bit and listened a bit, and I thought, I really think I need to do that. I don't know how to do a podcast, write a podcast. I don't know the logistics. Pastor Dan, I was about a year into going to church, and he is just an amazing knowledge biblical guy, and he knows the Word, and he's an excellent teacher. And so I met him at Starbucks for coffee. As one does. As Uh one does, right? And so we're chit-chatting back and forth, and at the end— That part in your stomach that leaps a little bit and says, oh, just say it, Wendy. And so I said, I'm wondering if you'd be interested in doing a podcast. And he said, that's funny how the spirit works because I was going to ask you the same thing. Oh, Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So we learned my way of doing it is I call you and say, how do you do that? (laughs) (laughs) And you've been so gracious. And Wendy, buy this and do this. And here's what we do. And I write a script. So writing this script for me is truly Bible study because I write the topic and the questions. And then I go in and do the research to find out what Pastor Dan would say is the answer. This is where we differ wildly (laughs) because I like being the rube and the non-knowing person. And I'm just going to pick her brain about any little bit that I want to know. It's amazing. 
It's funny because Pastor Dan and I don't really follow the script often. But now that I have a background knowledge, I can ask for the next question that makes sense. And we're up to episode 23. Nice. And the topic is on faith. And this one will be our one for December. Very cool. Yeah. And do you produce them about once a month? About once a month, yes. That's amazing. So almost two years you've been podcasting. So that's amazing. I know. I've learned so much because if I'm curious about something, I think let's make that a topic. Sure. And then I just do all the background research and figure out the right questions and all the answers. So Maybe cool. someday I'll try it that way. <laughs> you don't but have probably to. not. <laughs> the Holy Spirit calls us all into different, different things, ways, right? Absolutely. And, and what an awesome body of Christ to have such different things. So give us the name of your podcast and where would people find it? So this is our shtick. This is what I say. Uh-huh. Welcome to Bethlehem Back Chat, where we talk about the background and backstories of our worship and community as Lutherans. And then Pastor Dan says, I'm Pastor Dan Smale, right? Uh-huh. Senior pastor sure. here at Bethlehem. Uh-huh. And I say, and I'm Wendy Farone, a member here at Bethlehem and producer of the podcast. <laughs> nice. Sounds familiar. Sounds good, doesn't it? I know. I got that from you, Don. <laughs> and then uh, we talk about the topic, and then I just start getting questions. So belc.org is our website. Or you can find us on iTunes at Bethlehem Backchat. Yeah, we will link to that on our podcast page. Nice. Yep. And you'll be able to find it. Fantastic. Absolutely. And for those of you on Bethlehem Backchat who are hearing our voices for the there first time, welcome to our chaos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can find more about us at centralportland.org and just click the link for the church basement, which is the name of our podcast. It's excellent. It's so much fun to cross the continental divide. Mm-hmm. So to speak. Sure. So I have one more question. Mm-hmm. Well, I have. If you, you can listen, ask a million. If you've listened to Bethlehem Backchat, I never have a last question because I have a last question, then one more. Sure. And then one more. <laughs> sure. You do live streaming here. Yeah. And I had called and talked to you about that too, how you live stream. Well, because of that, we have started live streaming. And so we we don't do our whole service though. We just do the lessons and the sermons, children's sermon, and then the nice. the regular sermon. I just find it fascinating that we are so alike in our liturgy. We're so alike in the way we commune mm-hmm. and so alike in the way we follow through. Do all ELCA, are they all like that? Do they all follow the bulletin and the lectionary and all those things? Great question. So I think it does vary, but there is a lot of similarity between congregations. So One of the things that's going to remain the same across most congregations is the rhythm, the ordo of the worship. So the gathering word meal sending is going to remain the same. And whether you actually have a physical bulletin in your hand or whether you're looking at a screen overhead, that kind of stuff, the rhythm of the service is going to be so similar from congregation to congregation. It is. Unless you get an outlier. There are certainly outliers. There are congregations in our community here in the Portland area where it would feel very different. But I would say that's the 1% of congregations across the denomination. And most of us feel pretty similar. The music choices are going to be different. The way we dress is going to be different. Yeah, but it's all superficial stuff. When you get right down to it, the services themselves, and courtesy to the hardcore Lutheran background I married into, I've been into a lot of services in a lot of different places, and they do have a... It's not quite McDonald's, but it's... (laughs) 
Oh, 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 and only in a good way, in that you know you're going to get a certain list of things, and you're going to walk away with a service that feels like a Lutheran service everywhere you go. For the most part, there is always the 1%. Absolutely. And those outliers, it's not bad. And I think that there are moments where we've done some different things in the last couple months here at Central where we've Mm -hmm. tweaked things a little bit here and there, gone off lectionary. I know. Which is the strangest (laughs) thing for me. I feel like I'm flying without a parachute. It's terrifying to go off lectionary Mm -hmm. for me, but... We're doing it again this week. But those kinds of choices, I think, are the small things. Mm. Even if you look at, I'm thinking about the service that I did in seminary, my teaching parish congregation had. And so this was back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So let's date this. This was almost 20 years ago. Oh, man. Because this would have been. Let's not date that. That this sounds horrible. I know. <laughs> years ago. I know. So this was 2000, fall of 2000. 2001 kind of time period, so before the towers fell, Mm -hmm. a long time ago now, we did a cutting edge, like super cool avant-garde service that basically was what would become the emerging church movement. Mm -hmm. And it was an evening service with lots of fabric covering the altar and extra cool lighting and that kind of thing. But at the heart of it, we followed gathering word meal sending yep yes and you can find that rhythm all the way back in the scripture Mm. that that is the rhythm of god's people that's right and the rest of it has been audiophora right the rest has just been how we do it what we wear how we stand how we hold our hands that stuff has all come and gone and is personal preference depending on community but the heartbeat i think remains the same and the elca we have a flavor yeah, we do. We've got a real specific flavor, and it's a flavor that draws a certain kind of group of folks, for better or for worse, right? Our flavor is the whitest flavor in the nation for a reason. It's very traditional. In the city of Pittsburgh, we have certain places you can go where there is high church. I mean, mm-hmm. it's serious, high church. I'm coming tomorrow to your worship, <laughs> but our church service is a lot like yours. Yeah. So I know exactly what to do. There's comfort in that. Totally. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into an ELCA Lutheran church, you don't have to worry about whether you qualify to take communion. Right. One of the phrases our pastors both say very clearly is, all are welcome here yeah. at this Eucharistic table. Yeah. So you don't have to question you all are all welcome to share in the meal. And I think that is very comforting. So no matter where I go, I know I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fascinating. I wonder about the type of folks that come in as visitors in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. Like, even though I grew up there, I didn't spend a lot of time in churches there. And so I have a very different idea of who the kind of visitors are that show up in churches in sure. PA sure. versus visitors on the in the Pacific Northwest where showing up, most of them are unchurched. Most folks have no church background. And do you find that visitors in PA, do they have a church background? So they kind of know what's going on, but they're just shopping for a new type of church. They didn't much like their pastor or they're tired of the musician. What is bringing folks to attend a new church in PA? Sure. Well, I can speak of my church in particular. How did I get there? I Googled it. Mm-hmm. And it said, here are three churches within 20 minutes of your house. And I went to the first two and thought, no, it's not there. It, uh-huh. It's just not my place. And when I went into Bethlehem, I was home. I just knew I was. Right. Now I bring in new members. A, call, okay. a dear friend of mine, Shannon Rao, and I bring in new members. And we've had a big influx of folks that have come into our church recently 
because of some concerns with their home parish, which is fine. But mainly new folks come in because they've heard about the welcome that is given at our church. They love our pastors. They love that they know when they walk in the door they're welcome. But they also know the liturgy. Okay. It's a bulletin, and they instantly think, I know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. I know when to kneel. I know when to stand up. I know when to sit down. I'm familiar with the hymns because they've the hymnody has been the same for years. Okay, so it builds a comfort. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating. Oh, the known commodity—it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I googled it when I was looking for a church out here, but I'm going to be honest; it was completely pragmatic in that I had a baby at the time, uh, and if you had a service that fit nap time for my child, then that's perfect. the one I'm going to. Absolutely, <laughs> that's Whether so real. I like sure. the church or not was kind of irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have uh, three services, so it's Saturday night at six o'clock. Which yeah, often you know what that means. The case. You have choices out here. Yeah. Usually, you get one service, and it's going to be Sunday morning. It's rare for churches out here to have more services. Is that right? Well, there's some of the some of the larger congregations out in the suburbs. I think yeah. have multiple. that makes sense. But for a lot of these downtown churches, we don't have. Yeah, I would say a lot of the downtown churches we can't fill our room. Sure. No. Sure. So why break out extra services when we would really feel like tiny, mm-hmm. tiny congregations? Yeah. Well, if, and this, again, is my Catholic background in that my father would get us to church as soon as possible because he came in before Vatican II came along, which meant you had to get your Eucharist in before you could have breakfast. So he was going to oh. make sure he got us all to church and got home, and then we would have our big Sunday brunch with pancakes and whatever because he was hungry. Because <laughs> he was, was fasting. That is so f- foreign to me yep. yeah fasting before the eucharist <laughs> it's actually a really neat thing if you've uh-huh. ever had the chance to do it now sometimes i do it by accident mm-hmm. and sometimes i do it by intention but hopefully i don't do it by intention when i'm the one leading worship because that just leads to a no. cranky pastor no, by the hangry is not good hangry presiding is like <laughs> the least spiritually fulfilling experience like, mm-hmm. ah. yeah so what we have done, too, for children, we have a daycare provider, like a nursery mm-hmm. provider. Yep. And so we pay her to come in, and she covers the service. We also have, during sermon, like you folks do out here, options for kids during, we call it children's church. There you go. And they run down the center aisle out yes, to children's church. And it's a beautiful thing. But one thing that I love about our church specifically is that we love crying babies and talking children <laughs> and... Again, I'm sure that is so opposite from what I grew up <laughs> oh. with. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. was a cry room and you would oh, use sure. it or you would get the side eye of shame. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now we kind of love it. And our Pastor Dan, when we baptize, we've, we've been on a big baptizing spree for some reason, a That's bunch so of babies. It's, it is wonderful. And he is so filled with joy when he does that. And he walks the baby down the center aisle and uh-huh. says, these people are going to help you. In this church, you're welcome to your family. I mean, it's so beautiful. Gotta love it. Yeah. I have someone who's talking to me about a baptism coming up here soon enough at Central. Pretty yeah, exciting wonderful. stuff. Wonderful. We have a lot of baptisms. Well, we have a lot of members, you know, 250. Yeah. And yeah. that seems like a lot. I think what amazes me about the church is it doesn't feel big, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel small. Like, you're not related to everybody in the pews. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, there are small churches that that's the case. Yeah. But it's given me the gift of being able to serve on council. I'm presently on council. And given another gift, I'm on the synod council. Oh, nice. I know. And I teach Bible journaling 
at church. Okay. So awesome. You have just dove right in. Oh, yeah, you have. I told you I can't get enough. It's so brilliant. That's what happens when the spirit gets awakened in you and you truly, it just can't do enough. You tumble down. We just got back from, well, Laurel Highlands. So you know where I, just trees everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, we go on fall discipleship retreat. And we just got back from that. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's going to lead us to our last question. What have you found in the little time that you've been out here is one of the biggest differences between the two areas? You know, you have beautiful fall leaves like we do back home. Yeah. And uh, you have beautiful people like we do back home. Yeah. <laughs> you have the same kind of service like we do back home. But you have diversity. Mm. Oh, really? Uh-huh. And we we are in a suburb of Pittsburgh, and we are extremely Caucasian. Mm. But that represents the community within which we find ourselves. And that's why our outreach is often outside of our community. It's toward the city more. And so we reach into the city where you're part of it. Mm -hmm. So you're embedded in it. And that's the big difference that I see in my specific congregation and what I'm seeing in your community. Fascinating. A difference between more rural and urban in mm -hmm. some ways mm -hmm. rather than coast to coast. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda and Wendy, for taking the time to help us learn a little bit more about Lutherans on the other half of the country. I look forward to sitting down with Pastor Amanda again. And Wendy, welcome anytime you come Thank to this so part much. of the world. What a delight. <laughs> and I look forward to sitting down with folks again. Wendy, do you want to say anything to your folks who are listeners for your crew? I would. Bethlehem Congregation, I hope when you are visiting other areas that you will visit uh, Lutheran churches and see that we are more alike than different. Awesome. Until we are in your ears again, you can find us all on iTunes. Send us messages. We would love to hear from you. Leave us reviews on both of our podcast pages because it helps people find us. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you. No, no matter, matter what. what. <laughs> That's my favorite part when you say that. <laughs>